It drops deep as it does in my breath I never sleep, cause sleep is the cousin of death Beyond the walls of intelligence Life is divine, I think of crime When I'm in a New York state of mind State of mind Hey, you're listening to the Midweek Exception. If you're not familiar with us, we are an NBA podcast where we drop episodes every single week. Just kind of do a little overview of what's going on in the NBA, cover a couple of games, go over some news, trade rumors, all that fun stuff. I'm John Hay, and joining me is Grant. How's everybody doing? And today we are going to be talking about the New York Knicks. So... What our goal is right now is to basically go over every single team in the NBA and give them a letter ranking on a scale that we kind of came up with between five of our podcast members. So we're going to assign them a letter ranking. And for the New York Knicks, we have a C for a letter ranking, which might be a little bit surprising to some people since they did have a completely abysmal season. Um, but I feel like we have some like pretty concrete reasons why they didn't slip down to a D or an F rating. So I guess let's kick things off. Let's go over the good things. So Grant, what do you think went well for the New York Knicks this season? Really, to kind of put it in perspective, I'm looking at Jackson's eyes, um, who is trying to build a completely new team basically around uh, a top 10 player. Which So if you look at it that way, you have a time player in the NBA and Carmelo, who was actually, they were so bad, was able to shut himself down get, get and get a necessary surgery and procedure done during the season. So hopefully he will be uh, ready for the beginning to start with his new fresh team. A blank slate next year to basically assemble the team that he uh, likes the most because we all know the triangle just didn't really work this year. The personnel wasn't necessarily there. The coaching may not have been there either. And then also... He has a guaranteed top five draft pick. They have the second worst record in the NBA. So the only way, so three teams behind them would have to win the lottery somehow to push them back all the way to five, which will not happen. I think the what people are more wondering is if they're going to be the ones to win the lottery and get the first pick over the T-Wolves. So really, if you're Phil Jackson, you have a check mark in you know franchise player and then just basically New York cap space and a top draft pick to work with which is huge going into next season yeah definitely so i think going off the stuff with the draft pick i feel like the knicks have to like i i hate throwing in the whole like conspiracy stuff where like the nba will rig drafts because i don't know if it's necessarily true but i feel like if that were to be true i feel like the knicks have to be the team getting it just because they are historically this like well-regarded nba team and i feel like they almost have to be due for like a number one pick in the uh in the draft or like number two pick or something like that you know historically too i think the nba likes to reward uh teams for the number one pick especially a team like new york i mean we all remember derrick rose and becoming the chicago bulls with like a 1.8 percent chance of going there um, we'll see though with silver, maybe it's not as rigged as it was before. Yeah. Either way, I mean, a glimpse into what we're going to talk about later, but the two bigs, the two potential franchise bigs 
one of them is almost undoubtedly going to be there at their pick, and that is a franchise-changing player as well. So then you're looking at, you know, potentially two franchise players on the same team in Carmelo and either uh, Carl Anthony Towns or Julie Lokofer. And if you're looking at that going to next season, I mean, that that's huge, a uh, huge turnaround for this Knicks team. I think bottoming out was really their best-case scenario, uh, especially in kind of the new age where tanking is a lot more transparent. I think it was pretty blatant what Phil Jackson was going to do from day one uh, with that team. And I think you kind of almost need a top draft pick if you're going to revamp an entire franchise, especially with, again, like the new Phil Jackson regime. I think he really coveted the top draft pick. So them having a terrible season was ad- was very advantageous for him. So looking at it that way, that is why I believe I had, I gave him a, I gave him a three. Um, so pretty kind of par for the course looking because they did have really a just terrible season. Like they looked god awful. They're really a joke of a basketball team for a while, but that is allowing them to go into next season with potentially, you know, a playoff team after just being after bottoming out only for only really one year. Yeah, it's funny because um I guess we're gonna move on to our bad picks or well not bad picks, but the things that went wrong for the team. My final thing that was good for them was they still ended up in top five for attendance for the season, which is really funny to me. Um, obviously, you know, their fans go out and support them and stuff. And yeah, they, they were a terrible team. And like the one thing you always heard from other teams, coaches and um, some media it would be like, you know what? You got to give a lot of these guys credit. Like they're going out there. It's not easy to be on this completely like miserable train wreck of a team go out knowing you're gonna get your ass handed to you and just make the best of it so you almost have to give props to some of those players for like putting up with it and just doing it granted a lot of those guys we're not going to see on that roster or maybe not necessarily not any nba roster i'm sure you can find a home for some of those guys but i i feel like we're not going to be seeing lou Adminson getting quality minutes from uh, here on out, I imagine so. Anyway, I'm just going to quickly list off the players that will that do have a contract under the New York Knicks next season. Yes, yeah, so go over it. Carmelo at 22.9 million, Jose Calderon at 7.4 million, a team option on Shane Larkin at 1.7 million, um, a guaranteed year for Tim Hardaway at 1.3, and then uh, their second round round draft pick, Clay Anthony Early is getting uh, 845000 and the same is true for Langston Galloway, who was really a the one real bright spot on that roster this year. And that's even with uh, Tim Hardaway Jr., everyone kind of hoping he was going to take the next step because he showed a lot of promise, but I'd almost argue he regressed. But in the same token, it's hard to improve when your team is that bad around you and kind of like the one shooter they have teams are really kind of easy to key up on him but Langston Galloway was the surprise for that team and he really came out and, and balled really well for them and I think they have a pretty solid player going forward with him I'd argue he makes Jose Calderon pretty expendable if that if they want to free up even more cap space they could uh, trade away Calderon somehow the hard part would be what they're going to get back for him, if anything, and then let Langston Galloway keep developing because I think he showed a lot of promise this year. Yeah, no, definitely. I think he was definitely one of those like bright spots for a team that was kind of consistently like 
looking for one player to have fun like watching play on the court and Galloway he wasn't bad I mean I think what you're saying is totally true about Calderon in that when you have someone like Langston Galloway who you can go I think you can go forward with him I'm not sure he's going to become this like premier player but I think he's definitely serviceable I think he's useful for that team right now and like going forward I mean I think Jose Calderon is a good point guard, but I'm not. But I guess really, what you quite do with him in that situation with like the point guard position in that team. So let's go on to the bad stuff, and then I guess we'll kind of come back to their roster stuff going on. We go to like what they need. So for the bad, what I had down was Melo getting shut down. It was something that was kind of a given. He had a surgery done. His knee was not doing well throughout the duration of the beginning of the season. So I think Phil Jackson, the whole crew is like, you know what? Like, fuck it. Let's just shut him down for the year. Completely understandable, smart move. Regrettably, this is a completely like overarching thing to be said, but just everything about that team was such a mess that there was very little to enjoy when you watch them. Which leads into my final bad, which might be the low point of the season for that team, was getting removed from ABC and ESPN four times when they had games scheduled on there. Um, just one of those things. Like it's it's a shame to see that happen to a team, but it's completely understandable. Like if you are a casual NBA fan just tuning in on a Sunday or a Monday, whenever, and that game is on and you're watching the Knicks play, you're just doomed to. Like if if you never watched basketball before, like you're just starting to get in, that's not a matchup you want to see because you know it's gonna end. It's just gonna be really boring basketball. So they got booted from any uh, nationwide like telecast or anything like that, which is completely understandable. Yeah, and I actually have an honorable mention for a low point in the season from November till I believe mid January. The New York Knicks basketball team won three games out of a possible 37 so over that stretch they went three and 34 Jeez, yeah pretty bad yeah that's not good at all like that's the rival like the 76ers the previous season for like just completely miserable stretches but again Knicks fans don't let our low points get to you too much because I think the high, the successes of this um, roster really outweigh the failures that kind of we just put out there, at least because there were low points again. Three and thirty-four is pretty awful, but that stretch also is giving you a top five draft pick, probably top three draft pick, which again is just such a huge piece for that organization. Really, if you look at a lot of the negatives surrounding this team, it's overall positive. You kind of have to look in the long run, just kind of like what the Sixers are making their fan base look at, which is, again, we're not going to be good right away, but us being bad is going to help us in the future by you know assembling all of these assets. And I think that is definitely what the Knicks are doing, just kind of on a expedited timescale because they are out of you know the uh, New York market. Yeah, definitely. And in that market, you know, you gotta, I yeah, I mean, I think like they kind of have, it, it's tough when you're in New York and you have to kind of just have a really bad season to get 
things to be better. I mean, like the 76ers, it was fine. Obviously, you know, not not New York and the fact that their fan base had kind of started to fall off because they were, you know, dealing with mediocrity. Like, yeah, they were able to beat the Bulls in the playoffs at one season when Rose went down and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, it they were stuck in a position, though, where they were basically going to be consistently dealing with that, though. So we should dive into the what the team needs to do in the offseason. And the one thing we keep kind of coming back to is they need to draft really well, which if you manage to fuck up like a top three draft pick, like you deserve every bad thing that happens to you from there on out, I think. So who do you have the Knicks taking in the draft? I mean, it really depends on uh, their position, but if we're picking it as the way kind of the order stands, I have them with uh, Julia Okafor mm-hmm. because I think the Timberwolves would end up selecting Towns. Obviously, they're, I mean, in terms of hype and potential, they, they both have a lot of it. Um, Carl Anthony Towns seems more of like a kind of blank slate to mold as a player, and it, it's got more of a potential. Whereas Okafor is more of the a little more of a finished product, uh, better offensively. Whereas I think Towns can grow into uh, almost you know a defensive really anchor to a defense just with the way with his athleticism and length. Um, but as it stands, I do think Towns is probably going to go first. Okafor definitely. Uh, did a lot to help himself during the NCAA tournament. And I think the Knicks are lucky to get him. I think he's a huge piece. And I think he really helps with their offense and providing another offensive weapon for people to key in on, take a little bit of the load off of Carmelo. And he helps them with uh, small ball too because he is, uh, he's, I mean, he's huge. He's almost seven feet. He's long and he can, he's got a lot, he's got a good finesse around the rim. And I think that really helps if Carmelo maybe starts playing the power forward position a little bit more so to limit his the need for him to be running around on his knees. So I think between Okafor and Towns, both are would be great picks for the Knicks just because of their draft spot. I do think it will end up being Okafor. Yeah, that's so why I have also have Okafor. And one thing that I wanted to talk about was the idea of moving Carmelo to the power forward since he has been playing small forward so much for the Knicks. So in doing that, they have 32 million to work with this off season. So it's, there's no doubt that they try to make a splash in free agency. I don't know how successful they are in doing that, but in going to free agency, what do you think the Knicks need to look for? Cause I have a couple names down as potential candidates for players. They try to pick up They're They're the pipe dream ones. Like some people really want them to get Jimmy Butler that's not going to happen. Bulls are going to give him max contract. Like, simply put, there is no way that Jimmy Butler even contemplates going over the Knicks. So, one name I have down is Damari Carroll. I don't know how you feel about that. I feel like, I guess, I don't even know if Carroll would want to leave the Atlanta Hawks. So, you know, but I think he would be a really good fit for the Knicks, especially if you do move Mello down the power forward. No, I really like that, actually. He is not even a, a guy I've really looked at. I haven't looked too much at uh, necessarily small forwards for them. My primary need, as I think I've made evident through with the draft, is they need a big. But I hadn't really thought about Damari Carroll, but I really 
do like that, and I like that fit because they can offer him a substantial contract because Demar Carroll is on a criminally low contract. He's getting about $2.5 million, uh, last year and then this year, and he's an unrestricted free agent at the end of this season. And I like the Knicks being able to throw between 8 and $12 million probably at him. And that would also it would relieve Carmelo both on the offensive and the defensive side of the floor because I think in the playoffs, Damari Carroll is proving he is an extremely dynamic two-way player. He, he can shoulder some offensive burden but and be relied on to kind of hit some open jumpers and then run down the floor and guard the other team's best player. Yeah, definitely. It's like, yeah, no, I, I could totally see him being a really, really good fit for that team. Um, other names, though, it's like, I was trying to consider like bigs. I know in our notes when we were going into this, we both agree the Marcus Aldridge is not going to New York. Neither he, is Marcus All. Neither is Marcus All. Uh, Benito Udrich just talked about the other day, and he's like, yeah, he said he's not going to the Knicks. Um, I have a big that I was looking at that I think in the same tune as Damari Carroll, I think Greg Monroe will be a New York Nick following free agency. You think so? Okay. I didn't even consider that as an option. I think Greg Monroe, um, he'd have to really be sold on Detroit to sign with them again. I think they might offer him a little bit more money now that there is much less likelihood of Draymond Green jumping ship from Golden State and coming to uh, Detroit because everyone in Golden State is basically saying they're giving him a max similar to the Jimmy Butler situation. Mm-hmm. I don't see... Greg Monroe staying with the Pistons, especially after kind of the drama with between him and the organization last summer. And I just think the Knicks would be willing to pay him more. Like I can, this is going to sound stupid, but after free agency, I can see a guy like Greg Monroe randomly having, if not a max deal, damn near a max deal because of the salary cap jump and because of the potential he has shown. And he has, again, proven that he is a competent big man in this league, which are very, very hard to come by in kind of at the moment. And he is someone that can play the power forward and the center position. And similar to a kind of an Okafer, they're, they're similar players um, a little bit. And again, he could drop down and play the center position pretty easily with Carmelo at the four. And again, he provides kind of an offensive weapon to help shoulder the burden of Carmelo, and he also rebounds. So I think that would be a huge pickup for them, and I could definitely see a guy like Greg Monroe signing in New York and them kind of going after, I mean, essentially the biggest big big man name that's available to them because even if LaMarcus Aldridge does leave, he's not going to New York, and if Marcus All randomly did leave, they're not jumping ship to go to New York and rebuild there with you know a 30 odd year old carmelo or is he he is 30 yeah yeah i think he just turned 30 recently or something like that um yeah no i had never actually considered greg monroe as an option but he totally like that's the thing that the knicks have to be happy about going into this offseason is they have the money like they can spend money this season and get some quality free agents i mean you know it it's it's interesting because either they're gonna be picking up some really good starter caliber players, or they could even try to flush out their bench a little bit. So they're not completely doomed in that aspect. Um, yeah. I think if you're a Knicks fan, this off season is going to be really, really, really exciting just to see what happens with that team and see what they decide to do 
to get them back into a competitive place. And I could see, honestly, with the East the way that it is, I could see with the right free agent pickups and a good draft pick, I could see the Knicks cracking into like the eighth, seventh seed, maybe sixth seed. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's why I've had such a positive outlook on the New York Knicks at the moment because they're basically just doing what the Sixers are doing but in a, in a way shorter amount of time because they can actually make splashes in free agency and they can they already have kind of the one franchise player. Now they're building around at least one piece that they are sure of, so they're able to do everything kind of in a condensed amount of time. And they could easily jump in, be a seven or eight seed, because as we talked about on our other podcasts, there's going to be some regression in the Eastern Conference, but in the same tune, a lot, tune, a lot of the lower teams are probably going to get better and there's going to be a lot of kind of switching up and down you kind of don't really know how the bottom in the eastern conference is going to fare next year besides i think we all know that philly is going to be in the bottom five yeah so a name just popped up for a big man that they could pick up i don't think it's going to happen brooke lopez I was actually looking at that. There are two, and actually, just I want to kind of tie this in. There's also Kevin Love. They both right. have player options. They're both, at this point, expected to opt into their player option. I think a lot of people at least expect Kevin Love after the injury to opt in and Brooke Lopez to kind of take the money for one more year and then hit and use what he had at the second half of the season, bring it into next year, have a solid season, and then go in unrestricted with the cap jump too so those players i can i I can see brooke lopez jumping across uh from the nets to the knicks just because the state of the nets at the moment yeah i think the nets are kind of crumbling they don't have draft picks don't look like they're gonna get much better he's surrounded by aging veterans who as paul pierce nicely told us don't really care as much anymore Mm-hmm. Um, the only time I saw that team really care was in the playoffs. Besides that, it was Brooke Lopez single-handedly carrying them to the playoffs, and I don't know if he is going to want to do that all that much longer. And I think if you look across and you see the Knicks with Carmelo coming back, with Phil Jackson at the helm, that looks a lot better than a franchise that is quite possibly extending Billy King. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, plus I mean, Brooke has to consider... You know, he's in the same state, not a far move if he even has to move, which I doubt you would, I mean. So I think he's in a place where if he wants to, he could jump ship, head over to the Knicks. Um, I think that'll actually kind of just about do it for this um, team review, um, assignment of a letter read, all that fun stuff. So is there anything else that you wanted to throw in, Grant, or are we pretty much good to go? Um, I think that was pretty much it. We, uh, I think we hit on a lot of things. Look for our follow-up, though, um, after free agency and the draft, uh, closer to mini camps, because we will be doing NBA preview and then kind of assessing what they have done. This was more of season interview and looking forward. Now the next one is going to be, this is how they addressed a lot of their problems. This is what they did in the draft. This is what they did in free agency. And then we're going to be predicting the season in our follow-up um, set of pods coming up uh, towards the end of summer, beginning of fall. And then if you're interested in other uh, team previews, we'll be doing one for team season interviews. We will be doing one from every team. So you can uh, look around, and they'll be posted under our iTunes account too, so you can look for those too. Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, like, 
it's totally what every podcast does. So I feel like we have to reiterate it. We could really, really appreciate any subscriptions, reviews, anything like that in iTunes. You can look for us by just searching for the midweek exception. We'll pop up on there. Give us a review, subscribe, all that fun stuff. You can follow us on Twitter at MW exception. We do a lot of tweeting and all that fun stuff during the, the playoffs, even during the off season, it's kind of talking about whatever's going on in the NBA. So yeah, check all that out, and hopefully you will listen to us again soon. Bye. I'm gonna make a brand new start of it in old New York. If I can make it there, I'll make it anywhere. It's up to you.